Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you, and on with the show. This episode of Kindling Helpline is a special episode made up of some of the best advice Chris has given over this year. From night feeds for an eight-month-old, a three-year-old chucking some seriously nasty tantrums, when kids are ready for cutlery and much more. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Settle yourself in for some great parenting tips. This is Kindling Helpline, where we take your questions about parenting, everything from uh, pregnancy concerns to newborn queries, toddler nightmares, sibling rivalries. That's something I always have to ask about. Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue is here to answer your questions. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. I should also add that Chris is a mothercraft nurse with over 30 years of experience helping families with all different kinds of problems, um, or I should say challenges. As yes. we like to rephrase it, they're yeah. challenges, not problems. Right up, we have a phone call from Nicole, who's been struggling with sleep and overnight feeds with her eight-month-old. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm good, thanks, guys. How are you? Good. You're tired, though, right? Because you're not <laughs> <I'm> sleeping. <laughs> Let's see if Chris can help here. Um, now, I know you've, you've called in before. Is that right? Or you've emailed before? Both. Both <laughs> of them. And it, nothing, nothing's working, working at the moment. So tell us where you're at now. Okay. Um, so we're so she's eight months old, my baby, and I've got a three-year-old as well. Yep. Um, and we've just recently gone down to two sleeps in the day and three breastfeeds and yep. solids, about three solid meals and a snack or two in there as well, depending on how the day sleeps go. Yep. Um, and she's waking in the night anywhere from between two, although last night was one thirty, um, and four or five. Okay. And I'm everything I read says an eight month old should be able to get to the morning without yep. a feed and so I'm a bit stuck on what to do. Okay. So the first thing is we've got to work out whether she's overeating and not feeding properly in the day, or is mm-hmm. she overtired and not feeding well at the end of the day? Okay. And to determine this, when she has a feed overnight, how long does she feed for? Um five or ten minutes each side if she doesn't fall straight back to sleep when I put her on. Okay, so out of those two feeds you do overnight, is one of them a decent feed and one she falls asleep? It's usually just one feed overnight and then another one at about seven in the morning. And the one during the night, yeah, the one during the night is sometimes she'll have a really good drink and other times she just sucks for a few minutes and falls straight back to sleep and stays asleep until the morning. Okay, so the feed you do before you put her to bed at night, that six, mm-hmm. seven o'clock feed at night, how long is that? Um, usually about, yeah, about five, ten minutes each side, which is good okay. for her. That's, that's pretty normal. Yeah, and that is pretty normal. So what we're trying to determine is, is that the case? So if she's having three meals in the day and mm-hmm. three to four breastfeeds in the day yeah. and she's feeding for five to ten minutes in, you know, on each side then she's feeding to the best of her ability. And so yeah. therefore, the waking up at night probably is waking up at night. 
So if you said every night that she woke up and you fed her, she fed for uh, five to ten minutes, then I would be thinking that somewhere in the day either, and the most likely at her age is that she's overfeeding her solids and therefore she's doesn't need the breastfeed when she goes to bed so she naturally wakes up because she's hungry overnight or she doesn't get enough sleep in the day and she's very tired by the end of the day so she doesn't feed properly so therefore she wakes up overnight so if we can eliminate those two things um, which it sounds like the last feed of the day is a reasonable feed for her age Mm. and solids, she's definitely on a solids and she's eating well, then generally speaking, it's just about how we're going to push her through that night feed to get her through yeah. the night. Yeah. And it's occurring at, say, did you say between one thirty and 2 generally? Between, no, any time, anywhere between one thirty and 4. Oh, so one thirty really and 4. really inconsistent as well. Okay. So I just, and I've tried just settling her, but yep. sometimes it can take over an hour and it gets worse and worse. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't. Yeah. So, have you tried it for three to five days in a row? No. Or, I, okay. So yeah, that's with where. The and everything, yeah. It's just, but it's, it's sort of. Much. Yeah, that's right. So you got to. I think I speak to lots and lots of parents with this exact same problem. So we've ticked all the boxes in the day. The baby's doing reasonably well for their age, and it's just getting through this last little bit, and especially when it's your second or your third baby, because you tend to jump in to try and Mm. fix it quickly or to stop waking the other child up. But inadvertently, you're creating the problem. So we've got to get a few days in a row we can Mm. be consistent because for her, if you do it one night, you know, where we've stressed everyone out for an hour and then in the end we've probably fed her, and the next night you let her cry for three minutes and then you pick her up and put her on the breast, it's just inconsistent for her. So you need three nights to do it. It does, on the first night, take an hour. And I think when people are honest about how long it takes to do this, then Mm. parents are much better at being consistent with it. So it's not what happens on the first night. It's what happens on the second or the third night. And each of those nights needs to improve. So, for instance, regardless of the method that we use to get her to sleep, if it takes her an hour to get to sleep on the first night, the second night she should sleep longer and the time it takes us to resettle her should be shorter. So she might sleep till three in the morning and then it might only take you 40 minutes to get her to sleep. And then the third night she might sleep till four in the morning and it takes you 20 minutes to get her to sleep and then so forth and so on and she starts sleeping through. And that's a natural progression of learning how to sleep. But if we only do it one night because there's other other variants like an hour is a long time in your life for a start Mm. and that there's other people that are – that are – interrupted by this process then Mm. it's hard to be consistent so she will go back to her default system which means if I cry I get a feed yeah so in the last few nights so the last three or four nights has she done more nights where she's fed for five or ten minutes or has she done more nights where she's just fed for a couple of minutes and gone back to put herself to sleep probably more where she's fed for a few minutes and gone back to sleep and gone yeah she always goes back to sleep um, and yeah, usually she she's had a bit of a drink. First. Yeah, yeah. So this this is is a simple 
resettling, but you should do it when you've got three nights in a row to be able to do it. And do it really simply. Just leave her to cry for a few minutes, go in and pat her for a few minutes till she's calm, then leave, then maybe leave her a little bit longer the next time and so forth and so long until you get to a point where she's starting to self-settle herself within those windows. And, and that does take a full hour on the first night. So I think once you know what you're doing and you put it in the right time frame, it actually does help her learn to self-settle. Nicole, can... Sorry, I was just going to um, uh, butt in and just say that the time that I tried to do something similar to this, and definitely people don't always have this opportunity, but my husband um, had to go away and he took my daughter with him. And I know that obviously you can't drop everything yeah. and ask your partner to go away with someone. But um, oh, we I do it found the other it, way. I found we it, take mum and the toddler away and ah, leave dad to do it. Oh, how does that sound, Nicole? Because dad's are better at settling, just generally. Um, and also that when he goes in the room, that baby doesn't look at his chest and go, that's where I'm going. The difficulty I have, though, is when either of us go in, yeah. it tends to make her cry more. Yeah, it but- tends to make her escalate her crying. So you've left her for a couple of minutes, you go in, you lay her down if she's pulling to stand, some aren't, so, or mm-hmm. roll her over and you give her some pats and she throws herself backwards as if to say, don't do that to me. And she gets herself really worked up and you might even have to stop and pick her up and give her a cuddle and pop her down mm. and start again. So think of it like your three-year-old having a massive tantrum. Yeah. But actually, so, she's not having a tantrum. We're just changing the behavior yeah. around but, what it is that she's getting. At what point would I make the decision, though, that maybe she's actually just hungry? Because like I said, last night, for example, was over an hour and it just got worse and worse. And I just... There was just so no when way you put that a, she was going to be falling back to sleep. When you, I was holding her, rocking, bouncing, putting yeah. her back, patting, shushing, yep. you know, so, all of the tricks. Yep. So I, I, I think it depends on the fact that when you put her, did you eventually put her back on the breast? Yeah. And how long did it take her to get to sleep? Oh, a couple of minutes? Yeah. (laughs) There's the answer to the question. (laughs) So it's a really difficult thing because everyone's tired. And and the answer doesn't have to be done tonight. It needs Mm. to be done when the two of you sit down and go, okay, we really just need to get through this. And it's not easy. And the reason it's not easy for you is it sounds like she's fairly reasonable at getting to sleep in the day. It's just this one time at night. And so, you know, she gets herself really worked up because it's only once. In fact, it would be easier if she was more unsettled in the day because then she'd have more repeated experiences of it before you got to the night. But if she can she self-settle in the day? Yeah, I just pop her into bed and she goes straight to sleep. Yes, so she can do it. She just doesn't, she, so I can understand how it's more difficult because you've only got one time you're doing this. Yeah. But the answer's the same. So the pitting... Picking up and putting down, um, giving her windows a time to settle, I think will work. It's just it's got to go over a consistent period of time for her. Yeah. So if you can try that, Nicole, if you can find a way of doing it, um, like Chris is saying, consecutive, consecutively for three days or so, um, mm-hmm. and you're still having problems, please call us back. I know this has been a long journey for you. So <laughs> yeah. um, we want but, you to get some more sleep. Yeah. So, but, okay. But I think it's just... Yeah, it's firstly start trying to do that first three nights. And then if it isn't working in three nights, if you know further down the track, then stop what you're doing. And we, okay. you need to reconsider what's going on for her. 
right. So well, call back. Try and, okay, Good luck. Look. You've done night one. Keep. Oh, no, you gave her a feed in the end. So you nearly yeah, done night I'll one. Again. <laughs> Good luck, Nicole. We're with you. We understand. Thanks very much, guys. See ya. Good Bye. luck. Bye-bye. Bree has a three-year-old. She says, I'm at my wit's end. My three-year-old has tantrums all the time. He gets quite angry and nasty, which concerns me. His 10-week-old sister is much easier than him at the moment. (laughs) I've tried taking toys, time out, talking to him about his behavior, but still having no luck. Any ideas? I just want my happy child back. Oh, Bree. So we needed probably a little bit more information, like how long has this been going on? When do they generally occur? Is it afternoon or evening? Um, Is it because you're doing things with a baby? Um, Is it because he's three? So there's a little bit more information, but generally speaking, there are periods in development where they are difficult in terms of tantrums. Now, he's doing it at three, other babies do it at two and a half. And I think what you have to do is somehow in all that chaos is understand that the only bit you're disciplining is the behavior and you've got to look at the big picture. So is he having tantrums every day between four and six? She says all the time. (laughs) Yeah, but all the time is very, all the time could be every day and all the time could be every time I put him in the car. So we need a little bit more information there that you might be able to give us. But let's say it's at the end of the day, and it could be perception because some people think they can wait till 5.30 or 6 for dinner, and actually they're starving at 5, and you get all this behaviour. It could be that that baby is very good, but mum has to sit down three or four times in the day and feed that baby, and he just sees that and doesn't know where he fits in with the family. It could be that you haven't realised that three-year-olds take a lot of time and patience and you're trying to get out the door because you've got an hour before that baby needs a feed and he's been rushed and really he just wants it to slow down. And the very last one is he could just want time. And we actually give them a lot of time because he gets a lot of time when he's naughty but he doesn't get a lot of positive time. So it's nice to know that at least you're trying to talk to him but the best time to talk to him is when you're putting him to bed at night. So a little bit more information. Now, I was dealing with another little girl, actually, who was a three-year-old, and she was having terrible tantrums, really bad tantrums. And then her parents said something significant. They said to me, we cannot get her to eat meat. And I said to them, well, how about we stop disciplining her and just give her some iron to see if her iron level was a little bit low. Two days later, they rang me back and said, not only has the preschool thought she was a different child, but we can see the kindness in her. She had low iron. Wow. So there's, yeah, so there's so much that goes into this. But I think if you can just see it as basic, you know, tantrums of a child, I discipline the behavior. So if he's hit his sister, which doesn't sound like he's doing, but he's obviously doing something, I think you've got to give this time and patience. If he's having a meltdown, let him have the meltdown. But don't let no be maybe. So if he's having a meltdown because you said, no, we can't have a biscuit before dinner, then don't let it be maybe and suddenly he gets the biscuit because that's going to introduce more and more tantrums because he knows the bigger the tantrum, the more the reward will be. So I'm sorry that that's a bit general, but it might give you a bit of a help or if you can send back some more specific, I think we could give you some help there as well, Bree. 
All right, Bree. Good luck. Three-year-olds, they're always a bit of a handful, I would yeah, say. They're delightful. They are. <laughs> they are. They're very cute. Tegan has a one-year-old. Hi, Tegan. How are you? Great. How are you? Good, thanks. Tell us about what's happening with your baby. Uh, we have been trying to stop the overnight feed. So my husband, for all the last two weeks now, has been um, doing all the resettling overnight. I think it took seven nights Great. and he finally slept through <laughs> Good. till about 5 a.m. And then now he seems to be waking, waking up back up again. Earlier and earlier or just randomly? Um, randomly, but then, yeah, he, he wants to get up and start his day at 5 a.m. Right. Okay. Now, when your husband did all that hard work over seven days, yep. what was his technique? Um, what do you think a lot of padding. Okay. Uh, and then, yeah, sometimes he would just have to go in there and Hudson would stop. <laughs> oh, just present himself at the door. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hudson's very clever. Um, okay. And did you leave him for a short period of time to cry before you went in or did you go in more immediately? I... I think he left him. I was asleep. <laughs> Good work. Love that. Good work. <laughs> do you think I, he left him? Yeah. Okay. I think what we just need to do is go back but teach Hudson in a self-settling way. So we heard him just a few minutes ago calling out, you know, where yeah. he was sort of calling out. And I think the difference in the calling out and the crying, and we start with a small window and just increase the time to give him the chance to self-settle. So your husband did lots of hard work, which is fantastic and really supportive of you. But yeah. he may have done lots of patting as opposed to lots of self-settling. So yeah. there's a bit of a difference with those. So maybe this might help. Um, the good thing is he's one. He doesn't need feeds overnight. So we've yeah. conquered that part. And the second thing is now we probably need Hudson to understand how to go back to sleep once he's woken up. Um, yeah. And for that, we just need short windows of allowing him to try and go to sleep and short windows of us going in and patting him to calm him and repeating yeah. it. So, for instance, if you leave him for two minutes and then go in and pat him just until he's calm, because I think yeah. the trick is initially if we pat him back to sleep, he doesn't know what to do when he wakes up. So uh, then... If we pat him till he's nice and calm and leave, we know he's pretty much going to start crying straight away. Then we might leave him for four minutes and then we go in. But this time we're going to pat him till he's nice and calm and sleepy. But what we're going to stop doing is, in a way, patting him to sleep unless a long period of time has gone past, like 40 minutes or something like that. So I think your husband did all that lovely, long, you know, hard work. But what he did effectively was just teach him, well, instead of feeding to sleep, I'll get patted to sleep. So I think going back and allowing Hudson just little windows of time, increasing the time each time you leave the room. You can do it by a minute. You can do it by two minutes. You can double the time. People have varying different ways of doing it. And Mm -hmm. just giving him lots of reassurance but not initially putting him to sleep, I think you'll find it more effective. And you need to do it to the time frame that you want him to wake up. So if you do it to five and then say five is okay, then he will just keep waking at five and then progressively waking earlier. So usually I go to 6.30 because six is okay. But if I've done all that hard work at five, 
and got him to sleep at 10 to 6, then I want him to sleep a little bit longer, not just get him up because it's 10 to 6. Yeah. Okay. So I think you're going to have to have a chat to your husband about a very crazy weekend. And then what about myself going back in there? Because I feel like once he sees me, he loses it and he just thinks he's going to get fed again. Yeah. So once your husband does the first night, I think on the second night you should alternate it so he gets used to both of you settling him. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Good so luck. You, so you need to get, get ready for a big weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little red wine somewhere along the line might help. <laughs> Good luck, Thank Tegan. Thank you so much. That's a pleasure. We have Melissa. She yes. also has a one-year-old. She says, hi, Chris, wanting to know at what age should toddlers start using spoons and forks? My one-year-old likes to hold them and I've been helping her, but wondering if she's still too young as she's unable to scoop by herself. That's right. So it, they're very interested in mimicking what we do. So if you have a spoon and you're feeding her, she wants a spoon and she just puts it anywhere like up a nose, in the mouth, <laughs> upside down in the mouth. So it's usually around 16 months of age that they can scoop because of the rotation of their wrist. So what she does is it's pretty much down and up like a dig motion. And sometimes when they do that, the food flips off their spoon. So I would definitely encourage her to be using a fork or a spoon. The fork, the very clever babies will pick up the food and put it on the fork and then put it in their mouth. And then as they get a bit older, they can stab. So I would encourage her, but my expectation wouldn't be that she could do it. So a little bit of encouraging, maybe you start the meal by feeding her so she doesn't see the spare spoon. And then towards the end, you could give her the spoon and start to encourage her. But our expectation wouldn't be that she could do it at a year. But definitely by 16 months, they're much more coordinated with it, even at 14 months. But the 14-month-old is usually have older brothers and sisters. So they've been watching it for quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, somewhere in around that time, I think you'll find it much easier for her to rotate her wrist and therefore she'll get that good spooning action going. Miri emailed during the week. Now, you helped Miri when her little boy was quite young. Now ah. he's uh, apparently he's at the three-nager stage. Oh, right. So Leo is his name. He's three. I'm yep. having problems with him hitting, pinching, and biting, mostly his sister Chloe and me. He usually does it when he's frustrated. So mm. if his sister takes a toy or holds it back and won't give it to him, or when he's tired, and occasionally when he gets very excited... If this happens when we're at home, I give him some time out. We call it calm down time in his room and explain that hitting, biting, etc. really hurts. I ask Leo how he thinks Chloe feels when he hurts her and how he would feel if she hurt him. Today when we were out, Leo pinched Chloe really hard so I put him in the pram so that he couldn't do it again. Sometimes I will remove a toy that he really likes for a while as punishment too, but I'm not keen to on doing this because it seems a bit unrelated to the behavior. I also talked to him about some gentle things he can do instead of hitting, example, um, patting, kissing, talking when he feels the urge. None of these strategies seem to be working, (laughs) or at least they work for a while and then Leo will revert back to the violent behavior. Do you have any (laughs) advice on how to discourage this? 
Mimi, I think you're actually doing a lot of the right things. And I think the first thing is that hitting, kicking and biting is really common in the two to three-year-olds. And it comes from lots of different places. It can come from jealousy. It can come from frustration. It can come from, well, you get a good reaction if you bite someone. So there's a real mirror of things. But the way you're reacting is really well. The only thing I would say is, depending on how old he is, is, I wouldn't over talk it a lot because sometimes they're just ignoring you. So I think you've got the right thing. Time out is really important. Saying that biting hurts. Um, it hurts Chloe. It hurts mummy. So you've got all the right idea then and you're trying to teach empathy and sympathy. How does Chloe feel when you do that? Um, Chloe probably can't tell him how he she feels at the moment. So all of that is really good. Um, and I agree, doing the consequence of taking a toy away is not going to be relevant unless he was throwing that toy at Chloe or yourself. The other backside of it is that you know he does this. You know that he's tempted to bite or pinch Chloe or yourself. So you've got to use a little bit of distraction and removal. And for a few days, I'd hover quite close near him. When he even vaguely looks like he's going to bite or pinch, I'd try and distract him with a good behavior. So can you bring that book over to mummy and mummy can read that to you? So you're going to hover quite close without being quite annoying, like sit between him and Chloe. Um, you know what he looks like when he's coming to bite you. So (laughs) the other trick, and the most common in this one is if you pick them up, they bite your shoulder. So sometimes we pick them up from behind and sit them in here and then he can bite. And it is a very learned behavior. So you're giving good good behavior as in consequence to his behavior. And now what you've got to do is distract him from the behavior. So you've got to hover a little bit and after a little while, he'll just learn um, not to do it. So I think you're doing really well. It doesn't seem to be doing it to people, other people, like at daycare, he's not doing it. So this type of behavior with some distraction usually goes away. And Mary, I've got a bruise on my leg where my son bit me on the weekend. Yeah. He thought they it was very funny. <laughs> I'm not so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good luck with that, Mary. You are listening to Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If this is your first time with us, every Monday Chris joins us in the studio to tackle your parenting questions. And, I, and I'm here just to back it up yeah. that all the stuff happens to me too. <laughs> like confirms that it all happens. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Olivia has a two-year-old. I oh, actually, almost two-year-old. It's is it too early for her to stop napping altogether? Um, she naps for one and a half hours and goes down quite easily most days, but she's pushing her bedtime later yeah. and later every day. Yeah. She wakes up around eight in the morning. Yep. She wakes from her nap no later than three, and we try to settle her around eight thirty-nine, but she'll take up to three hours to finally sleep. She'll lay in the cot for an hour, seemingly trying to sleep, then would perk up again and ask for food, so we'd take her out of the room. <laughs> oh, lovely. The cycle goes on until she's desperately tired, resists be- being put into the cot, and I have to take her to bed with us. If she, miss- misses-, if she misses her nap, she'll go down around 7.30. Please help. I think you've got the timing right. If she gets up at 8 and you give her a sleep around 3, I wouldn't go any later than 3 because... As we've said before on this program, it takes about five to five and a half hours from when they're woke to when they're tired. So I think your timing is pretty close. So eight, up at eight, awake by three, and then down between eight and 8.30, I think you've got absolutely the right things. But this is a case of where 
no means maybe. So you've put her into a bed and she's actually laid there for an hour. Okay, so that's pretty good. And then when she said, I want food, you got her up. So she goes, well, when I've had my rest, I'll just call for food and then I'll go out there. And then I think she gets overtired because she gets overstimulated by coming out. So I think that we need to stop doing that behavior, um, giving her a reward for saying, I need food. And the second thing is you could probably reduce her sleep down to one hour and that might definitely help her from laying around for an hour after you've put her to bed. And the third thing is that generally a two-year-old still needs sleep. For them to lose the sleep completely, I think you would have terrible meltdowns by the end of the day. So if um, you restrict the sleep that she has down to an hour, and hopefully she would keep that till she's about two and a half, I think generally you'll be able to manage this pretty well with just a little bit of sleep settling when she, once she has gone down at night. So if she's laid there for an hour and then she's got up and called out, going in, resetting her by laying her down, giving her a pat or kissing a cuddle and laying her back down again, we'll probably do the trick because I think she's confused as to what happens and then she gets really overtired and it's taken you a long time to get her back down to sleep. So if she's been fed at you know, 6.30 in that time frame, she'd be having dinner at 6.30 and um, down in bed at 8 o'clock. There's no reason for her to need food again at 9 o'clock. So I think that that's the only bit that's the behavioural part of it and reduce her day sleep down to an hour and I think you'll be fine and hopefully, fingers crossed, she'll keep it for about another six to eight months. <laughs> yes, keep Hopefully. them as long as you can. Yeah. Okay. You probably feel that way anyway. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If you don't normally join us on a Monday, Chris is here every week answering your questions. We have a question from Sam. Hi, Sam. My two-year-old boy is an only child. He's usually great with other kids, but last couple of months he's been re- re- very rough with babies. He mm. hits, pokes and grabs them roughly. I keep saying no, but he's not showing any signs of improving his behavior. I'm scared he will hurt a child and I feel terrible. Oh, don't feel terrible. Sam's doing what every two-year-old does. He's a little bit rough. Um, He doesn't know his own strength. So what we do is if you know he's a little bit rough with babies, then when babies are around, I just sit either close to him or close to the baby um, without making a point of it. And the other thing is, which it doesn't say here whether he goes to daycare, but if he doesn't go to daycare, he might just need a little bit more interaction, social interaction with his age group. So with twos and three-year-olds, because it sounds like he wants to just run and play and be a little bit rough with someone and he's picking on the poor little babies. So one is to protect either him or the babies. And the second one is that if he isn't doing a little bit of... um, He doesn't need to do a lot of daycare, might do a bit of occasional care or he might do lots of group things like music group and dance and soccer joeys or something where he mixes with his own age group and I think you'll see this behaviour go away. And if it's any consolation, Sam, I know... Um, from my own experience and other parents that lots of two-year-olds, when they have a sibling that's his baby, they do the same thing. So yeah. it's not... Except um, they just get told, gentle, gentle, gentle all, all the, the time. time. doesn't always work. Yeah. Uh, so good luck with that, Sam. I'm sure it will... It'll, it'll settle down. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. Um, remember, you can subscribe to our podcast where you can hear all kinds of information from Chris as well as other parenting topics. Chris, as always, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure.